0: And then a final announcement is on uh, February 6th. The Women of the Word will have their uh, next fellowship meeting. That's Monday. And they're going to be making Valentine's Day cards for the residents of San Saba and Landon Nursing Homes. And uh, so if you want to be a part of that, uh, that's going to start from 530 to 730. Start at 530, run to 730 on that night. There'll be finger foods provided. You can bring a friend. And if you have any uh, questions, then there's a name there in, is she here? Kayla's not here. So I can say you can contact Kayla Forehand at at the number you see there in your bulletin. Uh, Any other announcements we need to make at this time? Well, all right. Um, Let's stand, and we're going to have our call to worship. James, could you advance to the next slide, please, sir? Um, Before we say this together, I want to remind you that there is an app. Uh, fighter versus app that you can find on Apple or you can find on the non-Apple devices in in, I think the Google Play store. might cost you a little bit, but it has quizzes. Um, You're able to listen to the verse over and over. There's different ways for you to learn. But I can't stress enough for us. I mean... Two Sundays from now, we're going to sit around a table and we're going to eat and eat and eat. And it's going to taste good. But it's going to be nothing in comparison to what we put in our soul. And this is the finest food. There's nothing better than Scripture for us to feed our souls upon. And so I can't encourage you enough. Commit these to memory. It may be difficult. It may be difficult. I understand that. But if you've got time to read the paper in the morning, you've got time to memorize the scripture verse. You've got time to scroll through Facebook, you've got time. If you're going to read a book in bed before you go to sleep, you've got time to memorize the scripture verse. So commit yourselves to it each week. So let's say this together Philippians 3, 7, and 8. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Let's sing as people who want to gain Christ.
1: Good morning. I've decided that this word, what is it? Shema. This word, Shema, will be a great theme for this time that we have together because it means listen or hear. And I have some really th- uh, important things to share with you guys every Sunday while we're here together. So we've been talking about the Shema and that Jesus said the most important thing for us to do is to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, and then to love others. So I've been thinking these last couple of weeks about how we love God with our minds and just during my everyday activities this week um, I, I thought about some of the wonderful verses in the book of Psalms the Jews call that the book of praises and so one of the verses that I came across um, was that God heals the Lord heals the broken hearted and he binds up our wounds. Did anybody get any wounds this week? Anybody? What happened? Um, did I hit myself with the gun? You hit you hit yourself with the gun, or did the gun like kick and hit you with the scope? I. She is a veteran deer hunter. What happened? Oh my goodness! He was climbing on hay bales, and the hay got in his boot, and he's got a bunch of what? Okay, ouchies. Yeah, (laughs) I have a an ouchie too, and mine was from a gun, but it wasn't a scope, uh, and it wasn't a bullet. That's the good news. Um, A pistol. I learned. A, did you learn a lesson this week? Uh-huh. I bet you'll never shoot a gun again without remembering not to lean forward toward the scope, right? I learned a lesson about shooting a semi-automatic pistol that you don't put your hand up next to it because the slide comes back. And the good news is I didn't cut the tendon or the nerve to my hand, but I did wind up with a bunch of stitches, So, as I have been looking at that this week, I've been um, loving God with my mind because I think about the blessing of having great medical care, being able to jump in the car and drive into Lano and have my (coughs) hands sewn back together. But as I look at all these ugly stitches, I think, um, the doctor didn't heal that wound, did he? He just sewed it back together. Why, if we cut ourselves open, why does our skin grow back together and heal itself? Well, I think it's because another verse in Psalms says, I will give thanks to you for I am free. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. So the reason that my hand will heal is because God designed us in such a way that our bodies will gradually heal themselves. And I think that is a wonderful thing. Um, And it's a way that we can... Love God with our minds by acknowledging that it is God who designed us in a way that our bodies will heal. It is God who blesses us that we live in a country where we have access to wonderful medical care. Um, We are blessed because we can even go deer hunting, aren't we, Georgia? Yes, what a blessing that is. There are Believe it or not, there are some countries where you can't even own a gun. I can't even... I can't imagine that. So as you go through all of the normal circumstances of your day, you can find ways to love God with your mind by giving him the glory that he deserves, by thanking him, uh, by saying, God, we, we just realize that it is you you are the reason that we can heal and you are the one who binds up our wounds let's pray father we just um glorify your holy name this morning father i i praise you that uh, Georgia's ouchie was not any worse than it was and i praise you father for the lesson that she learned and for the lesson that i learned That even at this age, Father, you're teaching me lessons. Uh, Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would be with us during the remainder of this service and speak to us through Brother Shannon. Father, we just praise you and we love you and our hearts are turned towards you, God. We want to know how to love you with all of our minds, all of our hearts, all of our soul, and with all of our strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Our scripture reading today is from Hebrews 3, 7 through 14. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the ends.
3: If you would please stand.
0: Amen. Amen. I hope that, uh, you know, I grew up in a church like this and and have have sung hymns like this um, as long as I can remember. And, uh, you know, I've been to larger churches been members of larger churches, served in larger churches. And uh, one thing you can't beat is, is the theology you get in these hymns. One of the things that we are supposed to do when we come together in worship, we're to sing the word, preach the word, sing the word, pray the word. And and I love these hymns. We're reminded that the Lord is to be our vision. That His faithfulness is great. That to Him, all glory is due because He is holy, holy, holy. I hope you see that the songs weren't picked randomly. We want to point our faces directly at, in our, the eyes of our hearts directly at our God. And we want that to continue as we consider um, a, a section of scripture that's very famous. For some odd reason, I didn't get where that scripture was located on the slide, but I'll tell you, it's Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, and that's on page 490 in the Old Testament. So I hope you'll take your copy of God's Word. Uh, If you didn't bring your copy of God's Word, uh, Isaiah, uh, there's black Bibles in the pew in front of you. Um, Isaiah's, if you'll open to the front part of the Bible and find page 490, you'll be at Isaiah 6. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 10 today. We are currently in a sermon series called Love the Lord Your God. And we're in a second week on With All Your Heart. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? (coughs) My apologies. Um, That was for free. All right. Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 10. And this is the word of the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, uh, we can't, I, I can't even begin to imagine what Isaiah is, is seeing. Uh, you've, you've tried to capture it for us in scripture, uh, but it's It's very evident from the text that Isaiah has laid eyes upon you and he has been confronted with your glory and your holiness. And that this marked his life. He was forever changed by what he saw and by what he heard. Lord, help us to understand that if we're going to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we have to focus upon you. We have to see you as high and lifted up. That you are holy, holy, holy. That not only is the whole earth filled with your glory, but you have infinite glory. You are perfect in holiness. And until our eyes, the eyes of our hearts, and our ears long to be filled with you, then we won't love you as we ought. So Father, impress the truth of this the scripture text, this real event upon our hearts that we might be forever changed. And it's in Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. One of the most humbling aspects of being a parent is that day when they begin to say what you say and do what you do. There was a time in my younger days of parenting, I've I've grown up since then, I've got it all figured out now. You know, I'm a little bit, just a little bit of a goofball. And so when we lived in Copper's Cove, I would go up to my children and I would put my hand alongside their face and I would act like I was going to slap their face and I would slap the palm of my hand. She's not here. She would be squirming in the pew. But Sydney saw me do that one time and I did it on a number of occasions and I am laboring away on a paper for seminary at the computer. And out of the corner of my eye, I, I hear and I see Sydney go, Hey, Joey. And she puts her hand alongside Joey's face. And you're laughing because you know what's coming. She went whack and hit him right across the face. And suddenly there appeared before me cameras and microphones saying, Mr. Bond, how does it feel to be the parent of the year in Correale County? (laughs) I felt like such a doofus. You can probably relate stories like that in your own life of how maybe it was you following your parents, what they did, and impressed upon us a lesson that what we see and hear directly... Affects our heart and our actions we are we are people that are that we take in the world around us and we aren't unaffected. you know when God created the heavens and the earth, he declared it good. when he created Adam and Eve he, he looked upon them and he declared them very good. So I want you to stop and think. Everywhere that Adam and Eve looked, they saw God's glory on display. And everything they heard around them, the birds, the wind blowing through the leaves, everything they heard declared God's glory. So by his design, what they saw and what they heard promoted their flourishing. As human beings. In other words, listen to this God placed them in a world where they could love Him with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul, and with all of their strength, and they could love each other as neighbors, as themselves. Now we know that God allowed Adam and Eve to be tempted to check and see is their love for God real or is it forced? And so God permitted the serpent. To tempt Adam and Eve. And the serpent. Do you remember what he did. In Genesis 1. He directed Eve's. Eyes. And ears. Away from God. He asked her. Did God really say. And so she started to listen. To what her own mind. Told her about what God. Had said. Not only that. He directed her eyes toward the fruit. And it says in Genesis Three, that when she saw that the fruit on the tree was good and desirable for wisdom then she took and she ate and we know what that means now instead of this perfect world where everything around us directs our eyes and our ears toward God now we live in a fallen world not only is the world fallen but we have inherited from our first parents fallen eyes and ears. Now, praise God, when Christ makes us new, we are given a new heart. But our world is not changed. And we, as people who are being sanctified, we're, we're still on the way. We're not perfect yet. We're still under the influence of a fallen world, under the influence of the fallen man, the old man that Paul talks about. He says, put off the old man and put on the new man. Our eyes and ears, as we often sing, are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Well, we know from the history of the Bible that God called a people to himself, for himself, through whom he would bless the entire world. But we also know our Bible enough to know that this nation, Israel, it's a cautionary tale in its history proving that what we see and hear directly affects our actions. Now, we know that Israel saw some amazing miracles. They saw God and the plagues in Egypt, saw Him move. They saw the Red Sea parted and they walked through on dry ground. They heard God thunder from Mount Sinai. They heard his voice through the law as Moses read it to them. They saw and heard the walls of Jericho fall down. They saw water flow from the rock. They saw manna every morning. When the temple was built, when the tabernacle was built, and God moved in, they saw and heard his glory. What I want us to take from this is that God has done enough for Israel. They've seen enough of his ways and heard his words to flourish as a people. Now, I hope you still have your Bible open. I want you to look at chapter 5, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> now, I want to read this. This is God speaking here. He says, let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved, that's, that's God, had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. This is talking about Israel. Israel in Old Testament um, imagery is talked about as a vine. Now listen, it says, he built a watchtower. This is God in the middle of this vineyard. That's the promised land. He hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it, his vine Israel, to yield grapes, fruit of righteousness. Okay, but and and yet here we are in the book of Isaiah. Now we know Isaiah is a prophet, and, and he's a prophet, not in a foretelling what he is going to be foretelling, letting them know this is what is about to happen to you. But he's also a prophet in a fourth. Telling away. God is going to send judgment to you. God has done... What, he even says, look in verse 4, What more was there for, uh, to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? That's what God says in, in this, the last part of verse 2. He says, I looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. God has done so much for his people. But now he has to send a prophet to his wayward people. Why is that? Well, to answer this question, we've got to consider the context in which this morning's scripture is taking place. You notice it says in verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah Died. Now, King Uzziah, if I keep saying, and I hope you know these things. I really hope you do. I'm not pandering here. Um, I hope that you know that there weren't a lot of good kings in the Old Testament. There, there just weren't. Uh, but Uzziah was one of those good kings, he was a beloved king. And during his day, he ruled 52 years. And it was a time of relative peace and prosperity. In fact, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to turn uh, to 2 Chronicles 26. And 2 Chronicles 26 records Uzziah's reign in Judah. Now, it says in verse 4, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. And then it goes on and continues to talk about how he was such a good king. It says he made war against the Philistines. Uh, and then he, let um, continue, he built towers, cut out cisterns, had large herds, farmers, vine dressers, an army of soldiers fit for war, on and on and on. But in verse 15, there is this phrase that helps us understand, I think, the context of where Israel is. It says... At the end of verse 15, talking about Uzziah and his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped, marvelously helped, until he was strong. Until he was strong. Uzziah took his eyes off God. During his reign, there was a time of great flourishing. But understand this. Flourishing in a nation doesn't equate with spiritual help. Notice what it, it, you may be there, you may not, but I'm just going to let you know what what Uzziah did, and his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Verse 16. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. The priests tried to stop him and he was so mad he was going to barge right in and he broke out in leprosy. The Lord was not going to be mocked by Uzziah. And he he died as a leper. Now unfortunately, unfortunately, You can go back to Isaiah now. Unfortunately, if you read the rest of Isaiah, you're going to find that the people who enjoyed all this flourishing, it wasn't indicating their spiritual health. They were also walking in the steps of their leader. In Isaiah chapter 1, I want you to listen to how they are described as religious. This is verses 11 to 15. This is God. Talking to his people, his religious people, he says, What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who is required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. They're religious. Not only are they religious, they're rich chapter 2 verse 6 for you have rejected your people the house of jacob because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers tellers like the philistines and they strike hands with the children of foreigners their land is filled with silver and gold and there's no end to their treasuries. their land is filled with horses and there's no uh, and there's no end to their tra- chariots their land is filled with idols they bow down to the work of their hands to what their own fingers have made. And they are also self-reliant. Look in verse uh, 11. The haughty haughty looks of man shall be brought low. You see that? They're they're haughty and self-reliant. The lofty pride of men shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. It goes on to describe how God is going to bring them down to size. The people that God has called to himself, that they might shine like lights in a darkened world. They become filled with the world's darkness. Yes, they're rich, or they're religious, but they're rich and they're self-reliant. So in what they have seen around them, And what they've heard has drawn their hearts away from God and into worldliness. And they no longer love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Nor do they love their neighbor as themselves. And that is why God, in chapter 6, has raised up a prophet to send to his people. To them, God has become small. And a small God will not command your worship and love. Think about outer space. Think about our own planet and our gravity. We know that the laws of physics tell us that smaller objects, smaller planets in outer space, orbit around larger objects because larger objects exert a stronger gravitational pull. But during Isaiah's prophetic ministry, Israel had failed to orbit around God. Instead, the gravitational forces of the world pulled them into its orbit. It even seems that Isaiah had become like his own fellow countrymen. Notice he says in in chapter 6, he says, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Even the man that God was about to raise up as a prophet had fallen prey to the forces of this world. Maybe Isaiah had become more focused on his earthly king and the prosperity and peace that he gave than on his heavenly king. So before God commissions Isaiah as a prophet, one who would call people back to serve him, the God of all glory, the God of perfect holiness, God first, before he sends him, has to arrest Isaiah's heart with the blazing brightness of his holiness and glory. Isaiah had to see that our love for God will only grow to the extent that we see him as infinitely glorious and perfectly holy. You and I are created for glory. We're created for glory. There is a a, a hole in all of us that longs, it, it is created to be filled with the glory of God. And then we're to shine that glory it's supposed to overflow from us right back to Him. We're created for that kind of glory, but we're glory starved because we look at this world and we allow it to pull us into its orbit. We are created for holiness. But instead we settle for morality and self-righteousness. I want you to think about carbon monoxide. This last week Joey was grilling a steak. And, and it smoked real bad in the house. And, and uh, who was there with us? Somebody pulled down the wrong the wrong. We have a carbon monoxide. Uh, what do you call those things? Alarm, and we had a, a fire alarm, and somebody pulled down the carbon monoxide, which is good because you ought to check that thing because carbon monoxide is dangerous. Did you know that carbon monoxide is more easily and readily absorbed into your red blood cells than oxygen? That's why it's so dangerous, and you can you can absorb so much. Carbon monoxide in your lungs, into your bloodstream, that it crowds out the oxygen. And do you know what the cure for carbon monoxide poisoning is? Pure oxygen. Pure oxygen. Listen to this only a clearer vision of God's glory and holiness will rescue our hearts from the carbon monoxide of earthly glory and empty self-righteous morality that threatens our souls. Only a clear vision of God's glory and holiness will do that. So with the time we have left, I want to walk through, and I'm going to be brief. You might be thinking, Brother Shannon, it's 10 minutes till till noon. I know. But I'm going to walk through how, uh, how Isaiah's own experience proves the truth on this screen. Look at verse... Verse 1 through 4, we see that Isaiah sees God's holiness and glory. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. Isaiah sees God's holiness and glory. Notice it says what the the seraphim say. The whole earth is full of his glory. I wonder if in that moment Isaiah didn't have a realization that the glory that he had been seeing all day long around him Pointed to a God who was this magnificent or he had, ta- had he taken God and dumbed him down to his size Now it's easy for us to do that we can disregard the glory that we walk around every day because we've grown familiar with it but Romans 1 is going to remind us that God's glory is always on display and we will have no excuse for not seeing that that glory is his and not some big bang Not only does Isaiah see, he hears. Verse 3. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. He hears the seraphim in worship proclaiming God's holiness and glory. The foundations of the threshold of the temple, they shake at at the voices. Doesn't this remind us again? Knowing what Isaiah, how he's about to react, that what we see and hear directly affects our heart and actions. Now Isaiah, he doesn't see a small God. Rather, he sees himself and his fellow countrymen rightly before a high and lifted up God. Look what he says in verse 5. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of... Of a people of unclean lips. In that moment he knew. I deserve to die. He saw himself. And his people rightly. Before God. And he confesses his sin. I believe that's what he's doing. When he says. Woe is me. For I am lost. And he confesses. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For, this is the realization, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah confesses his sin and his guilt. And God sends one of the seraphim to atone for his sin and to remove his guilt. And I want you to notice, is where I want us to put together, love God. In that moment, God has made it possible for Isaiah to love God rightly. But God's not done. Verses 8 through 10. It says and I heard again here the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send who will go for us? And Isaiah responds to God's call to go. You see when you see God rightly and you see yourself rightly And you understand that he's God and you're not. And you confess your sin so that you might rightly love God. It changes your heart toward others. Can you imagine? You you have to know that Isaiah was bursting at the seams to tell people what he had seen. And so God says, who's going to go for us? And Isaiah said, I'll go. I'll go. Seeing and hearing, God changed Isaiah. Now he loves him more truly. And he loves his neighbor because he's willing to go. But God's going to test that love. Notice what he says keep on hearing. This is what you're to say to these people when you go. Go and say to these people, verse 9 keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing. But don't perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their eyes heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and turn with their hearts and be healed. Isaiah has just seen with his eyes, heard with his ears, understood with his heart. He has turned and he has been healed. Now he is to go carry that message to others. If they will but hear the Lord, see the Lord, turn. Then they can be healed. I want you to use, join with me for a minute here. Let's use our imagination for a moment. Let's imagine that as soon as Isaiah has his vision of God recorded for us in chapter six, he begins his prophetic ministry right here at Cherokee Baptist Church. Right here. Isaiah didn't hold back in his preaching. Because he had a call from God and a word from God. I want you to consider this. As you listen to Isaiah prophesy, expounding from God's own words, what will his preaching teach you about your view of God? What will you learn about your love for God and neighbor? Will God use Isaiah to show you that the carbon monoxide of this world is absolutely suffocating your soul? Will you realize that this world has trained your eyes and your ears toward worldliness and away from the holiness of God? Will you see yourself rightly before God and say, Woe is me. Will you confess that your love for God and neighbor has grown cold because of the sin in your life? Will you turn and receive healing? Will you walk in this new understanding of God's holiness and glory? With renewed resolve to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And your neighbor as yourself. Will you discipline your eyes and ears to thirst for the God of glory and holiness? Or will you hear and not understand? Will you see and not perceive? Will your heart be dull, your eyes heavy, and your heart blind to the message? will God seem so small and insignificant to you that you remain in your sin? The call for us today is to train our eyes and ears toward the holiness and glory of God that we might have the pure oxygen of His person, drive out the worldliness in our life that we might love Him more and love our neighbor more. More, Oh, God, do that in our hearts. I want you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to read a prayer from a Puritan prayer book called The Valley of Vision. And even though I'm reading it, I'm praying this prayer for me and for us. So I want you to join with me in your heart and pray this. Oh, my Savior, help me. I am so slow to learn, so prone to forget, so weak to climb. I am in the foothills when I should be on the heights. I am pained by my graceless heart, my prayerless days, my poverty of love, my laziness in the heavenly race, my dirty conscience, my wasted hours, my unspent opportunities. I am blind While light shines around me, take the scales from my eyes. Grind to dust the evil heart of my unbelief. Lord, make it my chiefest joy to study thee, meditate on thee, gaze on thee, sit like Mary at thy feet, lean like John on thy breast, appeal like Peter to thy love, count like Paul all things dumb. Give me increase in progress and grace so that there may be more decision in my character, more vigor in my purposes, more elevation in my life, more fervor in my devotion, and more constancy in my zeal. Lord, as I have a position in the world, keep me from making the world my position. May I never seek in the creature what can be found only in the Creator. Let not faith cease from seeking Thee until it vanishes into sight. Ride forth in me, Thou King of kings and Lord of lords, that I may live victoriously and in victory attain my end. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand. We're going to have a time to do business with the Lord. And I pray that the Lord has, has, has blown your doors off. And said, I am holier and more glorious than, than you make me out to be. And that instead of driving you away, it's like a moth to a flame. You want to go, you want to get closer. And that the eyes of your heart would be open. We're going to sing, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. And that, like Isaiah, once we get clearer vision of our holy, holy, holy God, we would be different. So let's use this time as a prayer. Allow the Lord, the Spirit to search us to show us where do we have scales on our eyes? Where are our ears fat and our hearts dull? Let's sing together. drag things out just to give us an opportunity to do business with the Lord so let's sing it again our prayer open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus. A few updates on the prayer list, uh, Billy Don Everett, that's uh, Devin's father, he's home, against uh, doctor's advice, but he's home, still pray for him, he's still got a, a ways to go with uh, some of uh, things he's dealing with, with his diabetes, uh, pray for Chris Cousera, that is Mindy Cousera's dad, Jerry's daughter, um, and so pray for, for Chris as he begins um chemotherapy on Wednesday Um, also we can take LaKay A-Strike off the prayer list we received a good report about her that originally what they thought was cancer they don't think it is now so praise God for that Uh, Ken's sister Doris Thompson had surgery on Friday she had a complete shoulder replacement and and it went well and she's going to take her a while to get home got to do some rehab and therapy and get things built up so she can go back home so pray for her uh, pray for Naomi McWilliams. Uh, she's potentially facing a uh, double mastectomy. I, I don't know Naomi, but she lives in, in San Saba. Uh, so pray for, for Naomi. Um, also, continue to pray for, for Lexi Wagner, the loss of her fiance, or her, her boyfriend, uh, and for the family of that young man. Um, another thing to ask you to pray about by Sunday night, I don't know if you're aware or not, but our church uh, appointed, elected a music minister search. So that is Brooke, Denise, and Joel, and Mary Catherine. Uh, And so we're going to begin tonight with our first meeting. So pray for us as we uh, start the work of this committee. Uh, Pray for us as a committee and pray for our church uh, that we'd be ready to receive the next person for us. And then also pray for that person that God's going to bring our way. Um, Are there any other prayer updates that any of you want to pass along? All right. Well, let's stand. Uh, Let me say a quick word of prayer to intercede for those on our prayer list. We'll say the Great Commission, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we are grateful once again. uh, Knowing what Isaiah saw, if we were there, our our hearts would be laid bare as well. But then after receiving a gift of salvation and, and being invited, Uh, to intercede on behalf of others, having seen what we have seen, uh, we would pray a whole lot differently. So help us, Lord, as we lift up these uh, dearly loved people around us, those that belong, uh, are related to, or friends with, those that are um, uh, part of our church. Lord, we lift up those that are suffering with cancer, they are facing surgeries, uh, like Neil Hedrick and um, others. Lord, those that are fighting COVID and uh, seasonal allergies and things like that, we lift them up to you as well. Those that have lost uh, loved ones, and are grieving, we pray that you would come alongside them and once again prove your goodness and glory to them and how you meet them in this time of need. I thank you for these people. Lord, I lift them up to you and I pray that you would open their eyes so they might see Jesus. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's say the Great Commission together. And Jesus came and said to them...